You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. When Kelly and I, was, this first thing happened, we, we started talking about it. And we're like, will our lifestyle change if I got $400 million? No. It will not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made and I've lived a very happy life and not play golf again. So, uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I've always been interested in history and legacy, and right now the PGA Tour has that. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up, and let's go! I have joyous news, oh ye listener. Andy Poland has been saved. Not that he was ever really in danger, 
It's just that the overwhelming amount of emails I got saying, don't can Andy. I don't want to say convinced me, but it just led me to realize that my instincts were, I'm not going to get rid of Andy just because he had one bad episode. What's that? He's had more than one bad? No. No, he's usually good. Anyway, my point is, Andy stays. And I am here. And you are looking live at the Road Connect system of podcasting. I'm here in the five-hour energy dome. And I hear what sounds to me like a bit of an echo. Not sure what that is exactly. Oh, I know, because I'm plugged into this over here. I bet it'll sound good when I get to the uh, final product of it. But anyway, how you doing? And happy Sunday. Hope you had a good one with your family. I am here on a glorious NFL weekend Alone in the five-hour energy dome with rain and fog and cold and dank outside. I went to see my mom and dad. I did the annual tradition with the family of making of the gingerbread houses. And it was fantastic. You know, it was the first time we did it outside of the ancestral home of 7903 Stirrup Cup Lane. Go ahead, Google that one. Zillow it if you want. My parents made a killing on the house. Bought it for $63,000 in 1972. Sold it for like 1.25 all these years later. But first time doing it outside of the traditional home, we were at my parents' apartment. And that's what it is. It's a small apartment. They downsized. They're in a, a assisted living community, which is the kind of thing you have when you're 80 and you've had some issues. Anyway, it was still the wonderful time that it normally is. But I remarked about how my mom had bought these gingerbread kits that came with the structure of the house already made in the box. So not just the pieces already baked and cut that you then would sort of glue together with the the icing to let it harden and whatnot. But I said, wow, this is really a one-stop shop. The icing itself did not have to be whipped up by hand by my mom. She did it, or she used to do it by hand, all the stuff to assemble, including brown sugar had to be melted to form the hard cement to piece together the actual gingerbread that my mom actually made back in, I don't know, 1983? When I first started bugging my mom, going, Mom, let's make some gingerbread houses. There were no kits. And now the kits are so easy, it's all right there for you. Everything from the house, having been built, cemented, glued, the icing is ready to go. And I asked the simple question, I said, Why didn't this exist back in the day? And nobody had a really good answer. Except for maybe my sister, Anne-Marie, who said, I think it's just sort of the convenience culture of the day. Because I first said, well, it's the internet. Blame the internet for everything. And if that doesn't work, blame millennials. And if that doesn't work after that, blame Zoomers. And then if that doesn't work, blame Putin. I went through all the blame games I couldn't really accept any of those answers. Certainly ordering them online can be done, but now they're in stores. They're in grocery stores. They're in drug stores. They're all over the place. And we had grocery stores and drug stores back in the day. So why is it that now they are available? That is your brain teaser for today, kids. And do you, your family, do the gingerbread house tradition during Christmas time? More importantly, Do you eat your own gingerbread house? Normally, people don't even eat them, which I think is a shame because they're 
delicious if you don't let them get too stale. I will start breaking chunks off of my house surreptitiously after Christmas to the point where, oh, Josh Allen just got pushed into the end zone. See, this is the benefit of doing this podcast right here. As I said, I should get a picture of me up here. Great minimalist setup. I think it sounds great, by the way. 14 nothing Bills. Wow. Pa-pow! Two punches to the face to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the bulk of today's podcast will not have up-to-the-minute NFL results because I'm going to put this to bed and then sit down and relax and watch the slobber knocker on Sunday night, Eagles and Giants. But anyway, the, uh, the gingerbread house thing is fascinating to me because everything that was necessary for these houses pre-built to exist back in 1983 was there. Grocery stores, uh, Christmas, people's knowledge of a gingerbread house, and yet you couldn't get them. Why? What happened? I think it's a wonderful thing. You can do this now. But yes, I do eat chunks of my gingerbread house, and it gets quite stale and quite hard, and you're at risk of actually breaking off a crown or perhaps an incisor if you're not careful. And then, inevitably, your mom or your wife walks by the gingerbread houses and says, hey, who's been eating these things? And you have to look a lot, look aside like, oh, it must have been uh, one of the kids. Probably. All right, let's take a quick break. When I come back, I'll get into Shohei Otani's unbelievable deal by the numbers. Also, John Rahm is singing a different tune as he, too, has cashed in nearly $1.2 billion to two athletes in the span of 48 hours. How do you feel about it? As an average fan, we'll start exploring that question next. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out! Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. That was back in late March, World Baseball Classic, as Shohei Otani blew away then-teammate Mike Trout to clinch the final out of the World Baseball Classic. It was electric. It was awesome. I enjoyed it, and I am not even that big of a baseball fan. Well, now Shohei Otani has blown away the record for most money ever for an athlete in the four organized professional team sports in North America. Don't count transfer fees to European soccer. Don't count Formula One earnings. Organized team sports, North America, blows away the mark in multiple regards. So here we go into this next round of, are you kidding me on this? Because it does make those who root for everyone not named the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Rangers or the Astros or any of the top five or six payroll teams in the league. It makes you say, well, are we even playing the same sport? Mark Atanasio, owner of the Brewers, his net worth is only about $700 million. The comparisons are flying fast and furious. But before we get to the numbers and whether this makes any sense and the accounting end run the Dodgers are going to presumably be allowed to use to keep some payroll flexibility to, wait for it, add more players. Before we get to all that, let's get to the reporting on this because poor John Morosi of MLB Network. Should I say poor or he deserves everything he gets for this shoddy reporting? John Morosi of MLB Network reported that Otani's imminent signing was imminent back on Friday. That was kind of correct, oh, by the way. But then Morosi said that he was en route to Toronto. That made people assume that Otani was signing with the Blue Jays. That was when Bob Nightingale of USA Today pushed back in the report and said Otani is actually in Southern California. It was only later that night, once Morosi was seen in his clown suit, that he put out an apology saying, today I posted reporting that included inaccurate information that Shohei Otani was traveling to Toronto. I regret the mistake and apologize to baseball fans everywhere. I am deeply sorry for letting you down. How bad is this in the big scheme of things? 
when I have Andy on tomorrow, because he's traveling today, he's off, he's, he went to the Falcons game in Atlanta. I can't wait to hear what this boondoggle was. Andy, who never goes to any games, much less games not involving his team, flew to another city to see a game. So he's not on today. Tomorrow I'll ask him, I'll say, so how bad is this? If you're going to kill Carissa Thompson, compared to Carissa Thompson, where, where does this rank? This guy is with MLB.com. How does he get something so egregiously wrong? And how does Bob Nightingale, who himself has been clowned by baseball people as being quite wrong a lot, how does he come out looking like the smart guy in the room? All good questions. I don't really get too wrapped up into it. Nightingale has since said that MLB reporters make, uh, it's a, they're, they're a, uh, what's the wording he said? They're a, Joke to journalism, a stain on big J journalism. Okay, whatever. Everyone wants to be first. And the funny thing is, they don't really get a raise for being first. And there's no penalty for being dead wrong on this. Can you imagine him going to the Blue Jays, playing in Toronto, being subject to Canadian tax laws, which I think are as bad, if not worse, than California? Maybe not. You'll hear the tax bill for Otani in a second. But it's just a massive amount of money. Largest deal in MLB history by over $250 million. So the old largest deal was 450 ish He went to 700 Here's some network. Here's some comps, according to Jacob Turner, on Twitter. Jacob Turner is a, uh, I help athletes and entrepreneurs build and protect wealth at Moment Wealth and Investopedia Top 100 Advisor. Okay, great. He writes, the Colorado Rockies owner is worth $700 million. Eight MLB teams will have payrolls less than Otani's salary in 2024. Payrolls less than $70 million. LeBron James's career on-court earnings are only $530 million. The Oakland A's payroll for the last 10 years was a combined $667 million. The more than $26 million gap between the top two yearly MLB salaries, that'd be Otani and Verlander, that's the gap, $26 million, is greater than Bryce Harper's current Yearly salary. That's a good one right there. Now to the taxes. Otani will pay when it's all added up, state and local, 53% in federal and state income tax for the right to play baseball in the glories of Southern California. And I know you're going to say, fuck him. He's still got way too much money. Nobody cares. Ask yourself this. What did the state of California do to deserve that much money. His agent, Nez Bellello, will earn $35 million alone on this deal. Otani will earn $191,780 per day for the next 3,650 days. Even after Otani's 10-year deal is done, Bobby Bonilla's deferred money will still continue for three more years. The $294 million estimated take-home for Otani would earn 
15 million in one year in a simple T-bill investment. It's a lot of heat every year, just 15 mil, 15 mil, 15 mil every year. Contract deferrals lower the net present value though to about 50 million per year. So hey, because of the deferrals, he's affordable. It's like girl math. Yes, these shoes are expensive, but I got them on layaway. Or guy math. I really need this camera for my podcast. Shut up. Come on, voice in the background, heckler. Now, how do you get to this figure for Otani? First of all, who was second? Was there really another team that came in second at, say, $650 million or even $600 million? I don't believe it. But how do you get to this value? Well, according to baseball nerds, one war or win above replacement is worth about $8 million. And don't ask me to explain what war is or how it's calculated because there's several different variants. Consult your local baseball nerd. He'll talk your ear off. Otani had a 10-war season this past year in 2023, which is simple math, $8 million times 10, $80 million a year. And they got a discount of about $10 million a year because, well, his elbow is currently under repair for pitching, so he's only going to be able to hit this year. He could win the Cy Young and Silver Slugger in the same year. Otani is a folk hero in Japan, which has a population of 123 million people, writes Jacob Turner. All these things to keep in mind. His 6.3 million Instagram followers are millions more than any other single MLB player. I guess he's worth it. But does it guarantee the Dodgers make the World Series? Not on your life. That's the funny thing about baseball. So on the one hand, the small market teams and fans of those teams have to feel despair. On the other hand, it doesn't guarantee anything. And it's not even going to return equal money because no matter how many extra seats you fill that weren't being filled by the already overloaded super team that is the Dodgers, you're not going to make it up in that or jersey sales or extra advertising. There's just no way. So it's a luxury purchase. It's like the Hope Diamond or the world's largest super yacht. Now, I don't know about all the economics overseas. I'll talk to Marty Conway later this week about that. There is downstream economic value for Otani in Japan because of that, you know, 123 million people. 123 million people live in Japan. That's that when I saw that number, I was like, shit, that's a lot of people for an island nation. But he is a god over there, and so therefore there's downstream effects playing in L.A., the closest proximal market to Japan geographically, West Coast, the pedigree team in Major League Baseball. I guess it makes sense. And I I don't hate it. I don't hate it for him. I do just wonder, though, what are you going to do with all that money? Here's what I do hate. So according to the way this contract is structured, Jeff Passan wrote about this, The bulk of the money, almost 50%, if not slightly more, is going to be deferred money, so therefore, it won't count for the so-called competitive equity tax Major League Baseball has, or for lack of a better, simpler term, the salary cap, the luxury tax. They're just going to say, oh yeah, yeah, we bought them for $700 million, but half of that doesn't count. Just ignore that over there. And... This will give us some flexibility, cash on hand, to go buy some more players because that's just what we need. 
kind of bullshit is this? The money is the money. Don't give me present value and, well, you know, technically because this, that, it's in the CBA. I don't want to hear any of that shit. What'd you buy them for? Okay. How many years? Okay. Divide. That's how much per year. Boom. That's the number. No tax credits. No, yeah, this doesn't count. No deferred money compensation. Fuck all that. It is what it is being paid this year. But anyway, that's the way it goes. What will he do with all the money? Great question. Which brings me to John Rom. John Rom signing with the Live Tour definitely hurts the PGA. However, how much of a boost will it be to the actual Live Tour? I don't think it's going to lift it very much because most people I know that are golfers and golf fans, they're just not into it. It doesn't appeal to them. They don't give two flying shits about the Majestics or the Four Aces or the Cliques or the Smash or the Torque. You seem to know a lot of names from the Live for not caring about it. Hey, shut up! Yeah, I'll miss John Rahm in regular tour events, but I only really care to see him at the majors. And because he's exempt now into the majors for all four, one of six live players who this year has exemptions to all four majors, then he's set for at least five years, I believe, on all four majors. So his move, I understand it, but man, he's been dancing in a clown suit ever since the announcement was made. Hell, a reported nearly $500 million, maybe more, maybe a little bit less. Lots of fine print, lots of lawyers, lots of secrecy. It's a shit ton of money. Of course, this from a guy who said, I don't need the money because I'm already set for life, which I would agree with. I'm the guy that says there's such a thing as too much money. Other people go, what are you talking about? There's no such thing as too much money. And I'm like, yeah, there is. At some point, it's too much. Too many people come at you. There's too much risk put on your own head and safety. And that number varies for everybody. But you cannot spend $400 million. You can give it away. You can start charitable foundations. You can make business investments that may or may not turn out. But chances are, you can't spend the $400 million. So what do you want it for? Everyone says reflectively, I'll take it. I want it. Okay, what are you going to do with it? But John Rahm said this back in May about the Live Tour and how it didn't appeal to him. Here, take a listen. The appeal that other people see towards the Live Golf, um, I do see some of the, I put this delicately, um, points or arguments they can make towards why they prefer it. Uh, to be honest, part of the format is not really appealing to me. Shotgun three days to me is not a golf tournament, no cut. It's that simple. Uh, I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years, right? So that's what I want to see. And yeah, money is great. But when Kelly and I, was, this first thing happened, we, we started talking about it. And we're like, will a lifestyle change if I got 400 million? No, it will not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made and I've lived a very happy life and not play golf again. So, uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the, for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I've always been interested in history and legacy, and right now the PGA Tour has that. There's, there's a meaning when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win Arnold Palmer's event at Bay Hill. There's a meaning when you win L.A. 
Torrey, some of these historic venues. And that, to me, matters a lot. Okay, so that was his stance back in May or June of 2022. That was before he won the Masters the following spring. Things have changed. I think two things had to weigh very heavily on John Rahm's mind. Number one, seeing Tiger and Rory team up with the help of the tour to create this stupid, silly indoor video game league, and he was left out, had to make him feel like, hey, how about me over here? The other thing is that because they're still working on a merger of sorts, deadline, end of the year, may be extended, but because they're working on a merger, by the time the two sides, the PIF Fund and Yasir Al-Rumayan and the Saudis and Greg Norman's Live Tour, when they sort it out finally with whoever replaces Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour, by the time that gets done in two or three years, they'll merge. I'll have the best of both worlds. I'll have a huge bag of money from going to the Live Tour temporarily and then being brought back into the fold. I also think he felt at this point, he had to figure, well, if I stay, that's just helping these absolute clown shoes running the PGA Tour. And make no mistake, Monahan and his cronies have been not only dead wrong, but a step late at every turn. Granted, they were facing an unwinnable situation. He who has the money calls the shots. The Saudis have the money. The Saudis have already burned $2 billion. $2 billion. $2,000 million with basically no return whatsoever to essentially try to buy a niche sport, which golf is. Sorry, not sorry. It is. The Players' Championship, the number one tour event outside the majors drew like 2.9 million viewers. That was up 11%. Well, Michigan, Ohio State, and college football drew 15 million viewers. And a big Kraken Sunday afternoon game on NFL uh, on the, during the NFL season, that draws 28, 29, 30 million. So golf is down there with hockey. It's a niche sport. The Saudis wanted to buy the whole tour and I guess they think there's money in it. I don't think there's as much money in it as they think there is. I think it's a lot like the Time Warner AOL merger. Does anyone remember the Time Warner AOL merger around 2000? When it happened, everyone's like, oh my God, this is going to be unbelievable. This is unfair. These two teams are completely flopped. The cultures didn't mesh. The dot-com bubble burst. The delivery of media changed. All the economics changed after that. So what the Saudis are trying to buy or what they think is in the world of golf, I, I, I don't see it, but they're the ones with the money. By the way, the $2 billion they've flushed is only part of the $700 billion private investment fund or PIF that the Saudi government has now changed their laws to release and let go out into the world and invest in things. Some people say, yeah, they're investing. No, they're mo they're money washing. They're sports washing their oil money. They're trying to gain reputation as, hey, we're not bad guys. We don't carve up journalists. No. It depends on your perspective. And I'm not going to argue that right now. They've got the money to burn. They're burning it willingly. The tour has been scrambling. They've been a day late, a dollar behind. They should have surrendered honorably with the best deal they could have struck the moment the Saudis said, we'd like to talk to you about cooperating on tours.
To me, if the tour had come to the table two, three years ago and forged an agreement with the with the people behind Liv and said, look, you're going to put on 15 to 20 big dollar events for the star players in the world of golf all over the world. We can't stop you from doing that. We can't stop our players from doing that. Even though we've got antiquated rules that say you if you're going to play any other tour, you're going to renounce your membership to the PGA Tour. You'll no longer play, be eligible to play in the Greater Greensboro Open. And yes, and Jack's Place and Memorial and everything else. But the bulk, in, you know, the bulk of the PGA Tour is not very glamorous. It's a lot of small market stops besides the big two or three outside the majors. So they weren't going to be able to really stop players from doing it. All they could do was hope that that the Saudis would fold, that they would put up a firm stance saying, once you leave, you're out forever. We'll ban you from the Ryder Cup. And we'll work with the majors to say, you'll never set foot on Magnolia Lane again. And initially, a lot of players, players were like, hmm, I don't know about this. Mickelson was like, fuck it. I need the money. I'm way in debt with these uh, <laughs> casinos and other gamblers. So give me the money. And he took the bulk of the shit. But guess what? At this point, the money, of course, is winning. And John Rahm is the latest to go. Tony Finau could be next. Terrell Hatton could be next. Again, it will not make a difference. Kevin Van Valkenburg, who writes for No Laying Up, he's been on this pod before, had a great line. He said, well, currently the ratings are so bad for the Live Tour on the CW networks that they stopped reporting them. But if they do decide to report them coming next year, they can put me down as one more viewer because I would like to see how this, how the crowds look, at least on TV, now that you've spent nearly a half a billion dollars on one player in John Rom. I just wonder if Rom could sign, take the money, and then just be completely honest to go, look, the format is still stupid as shit. I think the two tours are going to merge. I want the money now. I'll probably be back on the PGA Tour later. I'd like to play the Ryder Cup. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm betting on in five years this all comes together, so I've got to take their money. And yeah, I'm going to be playing on the Shorts and Boombox Tour for the time being. Could he say that? Could he get away with it? Probably not. There's probably all kinds of anti-disparagement clauses in his contract. Of course, if he said it, he could have just said, all right, what are you going to do? Unsign me now? Oh, that would have been great, wouldn't it? They'd be so pissed at him. Like, you can't say that. We're just supposed to be a big PR event. You just shit all over it saying you only took it for the money. You think we're all going to merge in the next couple of years? And yeah, well, cancel my contract. I'll go right back to the VGA Tour. Instead, John Rahm had to dance the dance. He had to wear the clown suit of contradiction, which in his case was a letterman's jacket. <laughs> Leather, arm sleeves, wool, Vest area with live golf on it and sing a completely different tune. Here he was with fellow sellout. I, I mean, fellow live tour announcer, David. Fahey. When your sons are old enough to understand what's happening here, how do you explain this decision to them? <laughs> uh, I don't even know if they'll ever care, to be honest, as long as dad comes home and, and keeps buying them trucks to play with, I think yeah. they'll be happy. Uh, and that's, so far, they only care that dad is dad, right? They really don't care what I do. They just want to see me be happy, and I want to see them be happy. But 
if I had to put it into words, I would tell them I essentially did what I thought was best for me, them, their mom, and yeah, the future of her yeah. family. Oh, yeah. You know, speaking of kids, we're attracting uh, a younger audience, and it's, uh, it's a oh, global audience. Oh, the kids audience. love to live. About that? Very happy. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing some venues overseas. Yeah. It's, it's one of the appeals, right, again, and to see new places, new audiences, new crowds new golf courses, it's all something that very few sports can facilitate and golf can. So I'm really looking forward to that and uh, getting to experience some of uh, the very, very good highlights that I've seen online. Do you think people uh, underestimate the way the players are invested in the team concept? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think it's spoken about enough. I think oh. uh, you have some of the best players in the world who are also now leaders of their own team, partners of the league Leaders. In, a, in a massive business that's global. Bi business, these teams are businesses, okay? The cliques are business, baby, we're all about business. We're taking meetings, we're getting endorsement deals. That is ever growing, right? So ever growing. it's an aspect of the game that I myself looked over that now is uh, it's a reality and I can't wait to get into it and learn more and, and hopefully evolve my team and my brand. Yeah, there you go, evolve the team, evolve the brand, again. It reminds me of the great Daffy Duck in Bugs Bunny. Prepare to take the consequences. Consequences, consequences, as long as I'm rich. As long as I'm rich. <laughs> da -da -da. I'm sticking rich. I don't mind athletes making the money. Just please don't waste it. Please don't go broke like some ex-NBA players, ex-NFL players. Just, uh, I don't want to see you panhandling or begging for money down the road. One last thing on getting paid. Once upon a time, Babe Ruth was asked by a reporter, how do you feel that you made more money this year than Herbert Hoover, then president of the United States? Without blinking, the Bambino said, well... I had a better year than the president. And with that, the debate was over. The Heisman Trophy goes to Jaden Daniels of LSU. He had an unbelievable statistical season. Off the charts. Good. What's interesting is that, well, first of all, he was the same kid who decommitted, who left Arizona State after three years and not a lot of, I think, success relative to what he was comp for coming in his own teammates pretty much ripped him and they stole shit out of his locker saying well this guy's gone to the portal let's take his stuff it was a bad look caught on cell phone video goes to LSU and this year as a senior absolutely lights it up the numbers they're stupid you, you wouldn't believe them if you saw them 72% complete 72% completions 40 touchdowns over four picks only and 1,200 yards rushing and a bunch of rushing touchdowns to boot. Stupid video game numbers. What will he be on Sundays? I don't know. To me, he looks like a basketball player. He's six foot four, 210 pounds listed. Six four, 210 listed, but that 210 is probably soaking wet with nickels in his pocket. He plays a style that in the NFL will get him crushed. 
Yes, he'll run away from a lot of guys like Lamar Jackson. Maybe he can be that Lamar Jackson type. Maybe he can put on a little bit of bulk, a little bit of muscle, a little bit of armor. Maybe he can be very judicious about how he runs and when he runs. But I can't knock him winning the Heisman. The year was incredible. And they still lost three games. Granted, they were to good opponents in the toughest league in the country. Why, yes, the Southeast Conference. Uh, Jay, you had the runner-up, <clears throat> excuse me, the runner-up was Michael Penix Jr. Another great season with more high-leverage, high-drama moments, but had a lull halfway through the season that kind of took a lot of the steam out of his Heisman candidacy. Guy was once at Indiana, of all places. The Heisman Trophy ceremony was too long, too overproduced, but I still kind of like it as a tradition. You know, there's a period where the downtown athletic club in New York City closed, went under, and they had to like scramble to go, all right, well, how are we going to do this? In, an, in a perfect world, it would actually be for the best player in college football, not just the best back, meaning quarter back or running back. But I think it's too hard to judge, and I think there's no sizzle in saying, well, this lineman, he's the best, he really is the best player in the in the college ranks, he's going to win the award. And then you show a highlight reel and you're like, oh, okay, well, he's just flattening guys. So, hey, how about that? I know this, uh, a lot of people were looking at the two jackets. Daniels had his inside of his sport coat sewn with images of him striking the pose, uh, striking the Heisman pose when he scored touchdowns and Penix had his names of his teammates, which is easy to go, Old man on lawn shakes fist at Cloud saying, it's a selfish player versus a team guy. How'd you like Belichick at Army-Navy? I'm telling you, this guy is absolutely Michigan J. Frog. Oh, you don't know the legend of Michigan J. Frog? It's a cartoon from Warner Brothers inspired by a 1944 Cary Grant film entitled Once Upon a Time. Michigan is a male frog who wears a top hat, carries a cane, and sings pop music, ragtime, Tin Pan Alley, and other hits, and songs from the late 19th and early 20th centuries, all while dancing, performing, and performing acrobatics in the style of early 20th century vaudeville. Michigan is discovered by a hapless construction worker who plans to profit off his talents, but catches on too late that the frog will only perform for his owner and his owner alone, not the construction worker who found him. In front of anyone else, Michigan is just an ordinary croaking frog. And when he does perform, he finishes each song before the man can showcase his talent, thus thwarting his dreams of wealth. Here's what it sounds like. Frog gets out of a box. Puts on his top hat. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Ribbit, ribbit. That's why Belichick is Michigan J. Frog, because outside of a normal press conference, here he is, for example, at a typical press conference. We're on to Cincinnati. Right. This is the most straightforward. Give you nothing. I'm just going to get through this presser and move on to back to coaching the team. Well, you think having a 37 year old? We're on to Cincinnati. 
It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. Plenty of things we need to work on. Really isn't too much to say. We just got to get back to the drawing board. Uh, no, I made the... Uh, no. Look, I'm, we're coaching the team. I'm coaching the team. It's good to win. Uh, you know, we got a long way to go. It's a great job by our players. There's no quarterback I'd rather have than Tom Brady. You know, we'll face another challenge next week. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, just on and on and on. There's a super cut of it. He was on the set of College Game Day, and he was fantastic. Of course, he's also fantastic in the Football Life series that NFL Films did that got unprecedented access behind the scenes. He's like a real person. It's just when you see him up on the podium, ribbit, ribbit. Here's a little snippet from him putting on a Navy helmet because his father coached famously at Navy. Lee Corso was an assistant coach at Navy. And because the game was in Foxborough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm, coach, I'm going to take a page out of your book here. I'm ho, ho, ho. With the 1962. Oh, <laughs> right, this is the Jolly Roger beat army in Chinese for Paul Dietzel's Chinese bandits. Oh God, Go it. Navy. Beat army. How about that right there? Um, he was great. Eight and a half minutes of Bill Belichick talking about what it was like to be a young kid tagging along with his dad at Navy, watching Lee Corso coach. They had vintage highlights of Lee Corso. Young, vibrant, shock black hair, coaching the defensive backs. And apparently they had a tradition that after the last practice, right before the Army-Navy game, they would throw the coaches into the nearby Severn River near their practice field in Annapolis. And I remember Belichick kept saying, Coach, you know, that you know, it's October now. The water's getting a lot colder. November, it's getting really cold now. Is this really going to happen? So as soon as the last practice was over, Corso began running. But he was quickly caught by the players and thrown into the river, and they have footage of it. Oh, it's so glorious. If you didn't see it, I urge you to look it up. It's classic stuff. The game itself goes to Army again as Jeff Monken and the Army Black Knights have it rolling right now. And it ends on a tush push that was almost. Touchdown. And now straight ahead, Levitai did not get there, I don't think. Or did he? The replay was way too long, took a lot of the drama, in it, and I thought the moment away from it, but replay showed he didn't get in, and that was that, and Army wins again. After getting beat so many times for such a long stretch, Army's got it going on right now, and uh, that's a credit to Monken, who has a locker room speech that's been going viral. This was not from after the game, because I could tell they were not wearing the same uniforms, but I believe it draws upon a time-honored Army chant about I'm going to fight till I can't fight no more, I'm going to lay down, I'm going to bleed a while, then I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight some more. Classic stuff. Here he is in the locker room. Fight! 
That goes on for like a whole nother minute as everyone erupts. Tell you what, these young men and women in both academies are something else. Hopefully I'll get back to the Army-Navy game. It's going to be in D.C. next year, played at FedEx Field, which is an unfortunate site because the stadium's a complete dump. Then it's going to Baltimore in 2025. I think Baltimore is the best venue. Philly, it's been there traditionally. It'll be back there, I think, afterwards. But still, a great spectacle and great images from a game that, well, you have to really love option football to truly enjoy the game itself. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. All right, I got to get to watching some more football here, so let me wrap this up. Tomorrow, full recap of week number 14 in the NFL uh, as the games will all be final. Wrap it up with this story. Headline, frugal Indiana man leaves $13 million to charity in his will, but names no charity. What? An unlikely millionaire willed a staggering $13 million, quote, to charity when he died, but didn't specify his intended recipients of the pile of cash, leaving his lawyers to try to dole it all out. The attorney's method left some organizations thinking it was a scam and they lost out on a slice of the unorthodox request. Indianapolis resident Terry Kahn, a 30-year employee of the Veterans Administration, died in 2021 with no immediate family to leave his fortune to. It said in his will that he should donate, they should donate the money to, quote, charity, but failed to designate any of them by name. Kahn's attorney told CBS News he was unbelievably frugal didn't own a cell phone because he thought it was too expensive. Probably because he didn't need one either. No wife, no kids, no family, no friends. It's just him and Matlock every night. Cell phone, what does he need that for? He was tasked with the job of cold calling dozens of local nonprofits and essentially offering them millions, probably three or four different entities that lost out because they just didn't take my call. They thought it was a scam. Hey, uh, this guy died, didn't leave his... Uh, Actual specifics on this $13 million? I think given his lifestyle and you guys doing what you do in the area, he would have wanted you to have a million. 
Do you want a million dollars? Get out of here. Stop calling this number. Click. <laughs> Margaret Sheehan, the executive director of Teachers Treasures, a free store for educators in need of classroom supplies, was gifted $1.5 million, roughly double the group's annual budget. She said it was an act of amazing kindness to which I responded, I need to sit down. Another recipient, Julie Henson, VP of Development for Coburn Place, which supports domestic violence survivors, said, we hovered above our own bodies thinking like, is this real? According to the lawyers, Mr. Khan lived in a modest house, drove an old Honda, and asked that, he, that when he passed, no money be spent on a death announcement. Frugal to the very end. He's smiling someplace, said the attorneys. There's no doubt about it. He would be getting a great kick out of all of this. You can't just leave it to, quote, charity. You need to be a touch more specific. Unless maybe that's what he intended. Maybe he didn't want specifics. He wanted the lawyer to go, look, you go out and ask some people that you think would be good. What if, though, the human fund had picked up the phone? George Costanza's made-up charity... Uh, yes, no, we, the human fund would love as much as you can get, all 13 million, sure. Something tells me, Steve Solomon, former radio producer, now podcaster, will someday leave about as much money behind, saying, and we'll be stunned, we'll say, how did he make that much money in this business after all these years? Well, he was very frugal, but I don't know if he'd give it away to charity. Knowing Solly, he'd give it away to something else. I'll ask him when we talk later on this week. That'll be it for me today. Thank you for listening. I think this setup works wonderfully. Microphone sounds good. Microphone. Microphone sounds good. It works on my laptop. I don't need fancy equipment. Look out, Best Buy. Going to return that Roadcaster duo. We'll keep it simple, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus 
wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.